0: Hi everyone, welcome to the Paddle Pod, your weekly podcast covering professional paddle presented by Hugo and Gon's episode 21, and probably will be one of the most special episodes we will do, Uh, but before going into it, as always, got Hugo alongside me. Hugo, it's great to have you. How are you doing today?
1: I'm very well, thanks, although... People may ask why. Well, we were fortunate enough to watch the World Battle Tour Finals at the Caja Magica in Madrid courtesy of Mother Lopez as we mentioned in one of our pre- previous pods and my oh my, was it
0: a unique experience. <laughs> yeah, it was unbelievable. We got to see both the women's final and men's final which we will go obviously into deeper dive later on in the podcast but yeah, just incredible seeing all of them play live. It's so different. And uh, when I think we go into the court and we think we play paddle well, then you see how these people play and it's just a complete different ballgame.
1: It's just a different sport, isn't it? I mean, the the consistency in the, their shots, the, the power they generate from any sort of position and angle. How... Well, they work in sync with each other. They just don't leave any gaps in between them. And I mean, obviously we watched the finals, So more or less the two best pairs, male and female, in paddle today. So it will be the highest level of paddle in our sport. But still, it's just unbelievable. And obviously watching my idol Tapia live
0: has been something that I'll never forget. <laughs> yeah, there are no slow courts for him. That definition does not apply to Tapia.
1: No, no. And to be honest, it doesn't really uh, apply to Coelho either. And even Franco and Martín. I mean, Martín Dinenos smashed today. Was just out of this world. But um, but yeah, maybe we should just crack on and start analysing each of the finals. Do you think? think,
0: Yeah, I think that's a great idea, given that it's still fresh in our minds. So maybe should we start with the women's final first?
1: Yep, makes sense. So just for everyone's awareness, the women's final was made up of the number one against Marta and Gemma So on paper, a very even final. Marta and Gemma have been playing very well together recently. They've clearly matched and you can see that there's a good connection and a good vibe between them on the court, which we know how important that is, not in any sort of sport, but particularly in paddle, when it's just a team of two. And the start of the match was in the end. Maybe there were like nine or ten golden points, which shows how even the, the match was, really. I think in the first set, even though the start was pretty even, we both felt that Paula and Ariana were going to, at some point, just kind of steam ahead and, and kill it. And after the game, the set was 3 all. they ended up winning three games in a row to win the first set 6-3. But Marta and Gemma, far from, well, not thinking that they could turn the result around, started off the second set really well and they were actually 4-1 up at one point but there's a reason why Adriana paula are at the top of the rankings and just they're so consistent and they make so many on so little unforced errors sorry that it's just so hard to beat them and well i mean the end of the set was epic wasn't it gods
0: yeah that tiebreak at the end was absolutely unbelievable. Fair play as well to Gemma and Martita, who even saved a match point uh, I think earlier, just before the tiebreak. Um, it was a golden point. And uh, yeah, to be honest, both of us thought that the the match was going to end there. But fair play for yeah, Gemma and Marta to hold it up. And we both also thought that given the, the way the first set ended, that the second set could have just been like a very easy walk over uh, but it wasn't as you mentioned not, nothing of the of the, of that sort so the tie break was really good and in the end I think for me the highlight of the women's final from was definitely Paula José Maria I thought she was absolutely unbelievable and the MVP for me I think Adi Sánchez what's so good about her is just her consistency just rarely commits any sort of unforced error And I think on Gemma and Marta's side, I thought Marta was a better player for sure. I thought defensively she was just incredible. And I felt, well, I think both of us felt many times on the other hand that Gemma was perhaps some, just her shot selection wasn't as good. She would either not be aggressive enough at some points and at other points she would be unnecessarily being aggressive, which given the court conditions and stuff, it was then very easy for Paula and Ari Sanchez to counter, um, for example, in the Smash. So overall, and as well, Gemma was, was just committing some unforced errors. So I think overall it was a yeah, she she was a bit of a disappointment, I think, in in my eyes. But uh, yeah, the level was just overall it was just incredible as well. Um I don't know what what are your thoughts on on the players individually?
1: Yeah. Very, very similar thoughts, to be honest. I think Paula Ossimaria always stands out because she's just got that special thing about her, that extra flair, and the fact that she's a lefty makes her so dangerous. We perhaps didn't see her smash as much, which is obviously one of her best shots, if not her best shot, even if she's actually really short. She's got an unbelievable smash, and the ease with which she managed to get the ball out Portres is unbelievable, but obviously given that the conditions weren't really in favour of fast games and smashing games, we didn't see the Portres. And even then, without being able to take advantage of her best shot, she was just so consistent. I really love her double-handed backhand when she's playing it from the back of the court and even like the middle of the court. It's just so consistent, generates so much power from it. I remember one specific point where she's actually on the ground and ends up volleying on the ground like twice. Oh my and God. And then that was insane. still moves forward and decides to switch to be more aggressive and switch to Adriana's side to then play a winning volley. Just unbelievable from from Paula, really. And Adriana, as you said, she's just missed consistency. I think she made a total of two, three unforced errors throughout the two sets. And. We were mentioning she's almost like a forehand player on the backhand, which works well, given how aggressive Paula Jose Maria is. Um, so, so, yeah, in terms of Marta and Gemma, totally agree with what you said. I think Gemma, slightly disappointing, shot selection was off a bit. Sometimes she tried to get the ball out a bit too much. And at the end of the day, the... When when the ball doesn't go out for tres, it normally falls relatively easy, easily near the net, and Ariana and Paula took advantage of that really. So and also, as you said, there are other times where she should have just smashed it and gone for a for a easy smash or power volley and then decided to fake a smash and that they ended up losing the point. So that really didn't help their pair. Marta on the other hand, one of the best games this season defensively she was almost unplayable and they well they ended up having three set points didn't they and lost them because paula and ali broke their serve took the set to the tiebreak, ended up winning it so yeah i feel bad i feel slightly bad for marta because she was excellent in the match and i think if Gemma's level would have been a little bit higher obviously we're asking that because Gemma is one of the legends of the women's game. So okay. that's why we're being so tough on her. But yeah, it's a shame she wasn't a little bit sharper today because I think that would have changed the outcome of the at least the the, the sets. Maybe they would have won the second set, pushed into a third. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think overall, if I would have to grade the four of them, it would be Paula José María, Marta Ortega, then Ari Sanchez, and then Gemma. And then potentially Gemma, just maybe the difference between Marta and Ari, just smaller, let's say, than the difference between Ari and Gemma. Like Gemma did feel was definitely out of sorts.
1: Agreed, agreed. And even, even though Marta was unbelievable and Ari potentially wasn't as spectacular, I think the level of Marta and Ariana was actually quite similar. Yeah. Which shows that at the end of the day, Gemma's level really let the pair down.
0: Yeah, and they have different roles, right? As you mentioned, given Paula's aggressiveness and the fact that she's left-handed and she can also have so much volume and control so much the game from like an offensive point of view, obviously it doesn't it means that Ali doesn't have to be that aggressive. But on the other hand, Gemma's like main focus should be winning the points, being aggressive. And today she definitely lacked in that area. Agreed. And I just actually wanted to make a shout-out
1: regarding how good all of their lobs were. They're just yeah. pinpoint perfect. Like, they land 30 centimetres away from the back wall 90% of the times. And it's just so hard to deal with. When when you're facing players that have a really good lob, it just makes you play on the back foot the whole time, and you end up knackered as well. Because if you're trying to play about Deja and then run forward and win the net again, you're like sprinting... Th- five, six times in a row and win a point. And then you've actually got to actually play it. If you're at the net, you've got to try and play a good volley, etc. So, yeah, unbelievable lobs and particularly Martas from any sort of angle, just forehand, backhand, anything. It's just special, to be honest. (laughs)
0: Yeah, very much so. Uh, So maybe now it's a good time, I guess, to go into the men's final. Uh, Obviously, yeah, kind of disappointed, I would say, just from overall of, uh, that the performance of Coelho and Tapia. Nothing to take away, though, from what Stupa and Dineno did. I think part of the reason why Koyan Tapia didn't perform as well is because of Stupa and Dineno. They just didn't let them play their game at all. They never gave them any sort of comfort. But yeah, Hugo, maybe let you go into it uh, more deeply. What were your thoughts on the, on the men's final? Well,
1: I actually think it was a Botsoni masterclass. I genuinely think he studied Goya and Tapia in depth. I know, well, he's clearly studied them in depth for a number of, not just matches, but probably a number of years now, yeah. uh, even though they've only started playing together now. But yeah, I just thought they were... Stupan shot selection was much better than Tapia and Coyos. And I was actually just looking at a few stats regarding the fight. I saw the total number of winners for Dabia and Coelho was twenty eight, and for Franco and Martin it was thirty-six, so eight wow. more winners when they're generally yeah. a more defensive pair. I was quite surprised that the winners was very were very evenly distributed between Franco and Martin, eighteen each. Yeah. Whereas for Dabia it was eleven, and for Coelho it was seventeen. I was quite surprised. I thought Dabie would have racked up a few more winners, and then I was also I saw a stat regarding the unforced errors. So Stupa and Dineno made a total of ten unforced errors, just two on Dineno's side, That's which crazy. is unbelievable. That's one unforced error per set against <laughs> Dabie and It's just That's... ludicrous. And then then Dab- and Coelho had 18 unforced errors, so eight more, almost double the amount that Stupa and Dineno had. And yes, Tabia had 10 unforced errors and Coelho had eight, which again, I was quite surprised. Maybe we were a bit, obviously we were talking a lot of, about the performance of Tabia and Coelho throughout the match. And i got to be honest, Coelho's attacking display was probably his poorest game this season. Obviously, the bar is incredibly high. They've been one of the best. It's been one of the best seasons ever for a pair. So that's how high the bar is. But his smash wasn't being effective at all. I think maybe there was one or two smashes out of 12 that Stupa Andineno didn't manage to make at the net and get it out of the court for cuadro, which really kind of killed the morale for Dabianguaya, every time they were going for a smash, there was a massive, massive risk and a big, it was more likely for them to lose the point, which for a pair that hugely depends on their attacking prowess, it just must be, it must feel so strange. Um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of my, my overall view. But getting into the sets specifically, I was very surprised that Stupan won the first set. Was most of the times, Goya and W play anyone they win the match two sets to love. So that was already a big surprise. Especially However, in the I finals. was even more su- Exactly, exactly. But uh, I was even more surprised about the fact that well, we were saying Tabia and Goya are definitely going to turn the match round. They're going to play so much better in the second set. I'm sure Stupan Nino are going to drop their level a bit, and it wasn't the case at all. Stupan Nino were as good as they were in this first set, if not better. And I think, given that Coelho wasn't being as accurate and as damaging as he normally is, Tapia lost his head a little bit. And I think he, he was trying to carry the weight of the pair on his shoulders. And I think sometimes he was making the wrong decisions because, essentially, he w- was having to be the one to win the points. So, yeah, I mean, shame that after coming back from a 40-15 down to a golden point at 6-5, which the band now serving, that smash wasn't as good as it is 90% of the time. And Martin, to be fair, made an unbelievable shot and managed to get the ball out for win the match. But yeah,
0: I would have loved to watch the third set. It's a shame in a way. Yeah, very much so. I think that last one as well, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure that was the first smash that Tapia got wrong because I believe that he was very accurate throughout the whole match. He obviously didn't play a lot of them, but if I'm not mistaken, I think that was the first one where they actually managed to catch it. Whereas I think the highlights of the final is Arturo Scuio's level and in particular the smashes. I think that's what sort of cost them the game in a sense mainly because obviously we all know that Coelho is a massive threat in the air. It's obviously his best get like best part of his game. but potentially the fact that he was so insisting on it and I don't know if we obviously didn't get the chance to hear uh, the what they were speaking about in the benches with with coach uh, Paolo Graetti, but, potentially they were just telling him to keep on going and doing it but I mean from my eyes it's just a bit strange that given the court conditions and you try say a couple of times and it, it's clearly not working then why would they continue go and going after it but leaving that aside I thought Stupan Dineno played like an unbelievable match I think I was so impressed with Stupa and his speed. The way he moves around the court is honestly unbelievable. His transition game is insane. And not only that, he's able to play really effectively no matter where he is in the court. And yeah, the how... Dineno and Stupa are in sync. is just unbelievable because the way Dineno crosses so many times, we've talked about this briefly in our latest episode, the whole switch play, which Martita mentioned. And today, for example, I didn't see that as much from Tapian Cuello, which they're normally quite good at. But I felt like Stupa and Dineno did that today. Many times Dineno coming in with his backhand volley, which is one of the best and just very much cutting in a ball that, Norm- normally uh, Stupa would go sorry and and the Neno just stepped in and and played that backhand volley cross court against Tapia, which would obviously come like quite quite as a shock. So it was I thought their their game as a whole, just so so good, so effective and very much in sync. And then as well another thing that I really wanted to highlight from their side is the Nenos. I mean, I, I'm just amazed by the fact that you said that he he got two unforced error in in both sets, which is ridiculous. But his winner to unforced error ratio must be off the charts because he did not miss a single smash, which is absolutely insane. When speaking about Martín Dineno, who's not the most tall player out there, who's not known for his smashing ability, but how he has improved that shot is absolutely mind blowing. And I kid you not, he did not miss a single one. And just the moments when he does it, I feel like that's what makes the shots so powerful, just simply because his shot selection awareness is second to none. He's not a player that gets phased by the moment, where I feel like Tapia and Cuello, certainly at least in that game, they were very much at some point really hot-headed, both of them. You sort of alluded to it where Tapia lost it a bit, and there's a couple of points that you lose here and there, but obviously in these matches, one game is massive. So I felt like Dineno and Stupa, and especially Dineno, just so cool, um, mentally so stable. And I feel like they were almost, they knew what they were doing. And yeah, they just didn't let them play at all. Tapia and Coyo's and game, obviously the court conditions you would say or you would assume that they benefit more uh, los super pibes but in general i thought they yeah they they executed the game plan perfectly they you we were saying during the match right we never really felt like tapian Coelho had an answer for them and on this i think i would have loved to see a bit more from tapian Coelho, a bit more boxing of one player um i think the stat that you mentioned around Stupa and Dineno having the same amount of winners. I think that just sort of tells you the volume that they played, right? I feel like many times when maybe you're not as comfortable a way to get out of that is just honing in on one player and make that player suffer, make that player win you the match. Um, And I feel like Tapia and weren't trying that even just to at least get out of Stupa and Dineno's game plan. I felt like they should have gone to either either of them, potentially Stupa because Dineno is obviously a bit stronger defensively but just go after them play them every single shot tire them down um get the other player frust- frustrated because you know he's not playing and i don't feel they did that um would have loved to hear as well what what they were saying in the benches because obviously we we couldn't hear from from our seats but yeah overall in terms of yeah, both only ma- masterclass as you were saying and I would have loved to hear him as well and, and what he was telling the guys because they did an absolute job on, on Tapia Cuello but I'm sure the next time they meet it will be a very, very good match because I'm sure Tapia and Cuello, given how competitive they are, they will be gunning for it. Yeah, and actually I just wanted to re-
1: reiterate one of your points. You were talking about how good Dinenos Smash is and how much it's improved and the fact that I agree. I don't recall him missing a single smash today. And that's facing the two toughest players to win a smash point against. Boyo is the biggest player. He makes, he makes it, he makes pretty much any ball at the net because he's so tall and he jumps so high. And Dabia, what we know, he's just could almost work in a circus. He's like an acrobat. So not missing a single smash against them is. Special, And we would say it it would be special if it was Tapia doing it or Stupa doing it. The fact that it's Martín Dineno is just baffling. And I think one other big key about today, we mentioned a lot about the fact that Coelho's aerial play not being as good led him to make a lot of unforced errors and become a bit hot-headed and that probably made Tapia hot-headed because he had to win basically more points than usual. I think a really important thing as well that wasn't working for Goya and Tapia was Arturo's blocks at the net. So as we all know, Tapia and Goya are incredibly aggressive and they try and win the net as quickly as possible. So as soon as Goyo plays a lob, they're both running towards the net, particularly Coelho. Tapia sometimes hovers around the back of the court. And I'd say Dinenos, Bandeja and They were so, so good today. I don't think I've seen Poggio make so many errors. I mean, they're not met really errors because he's getting missiles sent into him at the net, <laughs> but just miss so many of those balls and end up looting, losing the points where he's actually already at the net, as he did today, which just shows, yeah. I've got to be honest, my MVP is Martín Neneno. Tu was unbelievable as well. But I just think the fact that Martín made two unforced errors and yeah. the fact that he won all his smashes takes him a notch above Franco but what a final and I've got to be honest I'm a bit sad that I watched Fabian Goya lose a final given that it's the only final I've watched them play this season and
0: they've lost it they haven't lost many have they? <laughs> yeah I think the other the other final they lost was well they lost lead and at the beginning of the season right the can't remember was it the Qatar Premier Paddle Tournament maybe? Yes other I don't know
1: whether that was the semi or it was the final.
0: Yeah, it probably was the final. I think it was the final. But yeah, mm. basically other than that, they've <laughs> won every other match. So yeah, I guess yeah. we were a bit unlucky. But at the same time, it was just unbelievable to see, obviously, I think the four best paddle players of the world right now in the world right now. Definitely. Definitely. And I'm what I am happy about
1: is the fact that now that we've seen that the Superbibes have won... I think they've won five trophies this season. People are actually going to start respecting them a bit more because a lot of people say, I want Lebron Angalane to be playing those finals against Tapia Coelho, they would make them more even, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. I actually don't think they would. I think Stupaninana right now are a level above Lebron Angalane, not just due to the injury, just also out-and-out play and form and consistency. So, Yeah, yeah. I agree but with actually, that. That does take me into something that I wanted, wanted to emphasize. As I'm sure you know what it is. And it's the fact that, obviously, Lebron and Galán were disappointing this week again, losing against Sanyo and El Oveja, Agustín.
0: The end is it? Damn. Oh, I knew you were going to go there. But to be fair... <laughs> I, I'm starting to see the signs. Um I'm ever closer to coming to your side. And there's murmurs going around on Twitter. I see people now starting to jump on the boat, but yeah, it was uh yeah, yeah, Hugo. I mean the the pair predictor, I'm gonna call you.
1: <laughs> I mean, who knows? Maybe they turn this round and obviously Leon is still struggling with his injury, so and as we've mentioned loads of times, respectively beyond LeBron Angolan, but it's just as I mentioned pre uh, mentioned in our last episode, when LeBron's normally quite salty when they lose, and he seemed almost quite complacent when they lost against Sanyo and Augustine this week, and he seemed quite upbeat even when he posted on Instagram regarding their loss. On the other hand, Galan just firstly looks a bit spaced out when they're on the court. He seems really frustrated, which is really not like Galan. And again, he didn't make a post regarding the match. He's normally a very, very good loser. So they're not tagging each other in those Instagram posts. Weird feeling, that's all I'll say. Some paranormal activity
0: going on then.
1: <laughs> well, who knows? Who knows? But yeah, I mean, I think that's probably a good overview of this week's Madrid Master. don't know whether you think you've skipped anything major, guns.
0: Well, potentially, I would love to hear your thoughts on new pairs, um, especially Momo and Garrido. What did you think of, of their run in the tournament?
1: Well, I've got to be honest. I thought first couple of matches, which they won, I thought they were very good. We spoke about this when we were watching the finals a few hours ago. I did feel that when they played Chin Goto, you could see that they weren't really fully in sync yet because there are moments balls going down the middle that normally Garrido would take an attack and Momo wouldn't really see it and would try to play ball himself, that would end up on a kind of easy counter-attack ball for Jingodo and Paquito. However, I really do have high hopes for Momo and Garrido. I think they get on really well. I think they're quite different because is very aggressive and relies a lot on his attacking play and his smash, etc. And Momo's just incredibly fit, great at getting impossible balls back and his unbelievable trick shots, which we all know really well. So I think they're going to do really well. The thing is they've faced Chingotun Paquito, a top four pair who's been incredibly consistent this season, even though they haven't won a tournament yet. So I'd, I'd give them a seven out of 10 this week.
0: Yeah, that's a fair score. I think I sort of agree with that. I was actually, I would say, more let down by Garrido rather than Momo. Obviously, Momo's new position, essentially, even though he's played that there before, but when he was very, very, very young. But um, I feel like Garrido wasn't as, I would say, aggressive as he normally is. And that could potentially just, as we've spoken about, core conditions. And given his sort of game style, it's probably not suited to to that slower court. But I do think that, yeah, they have a very bright future, especially if if Momo can adapt. But he's definitely got all the sort of attributes and and characteristics of a great sort of drive player. So I'm sure that they'll, they'll, you know, fare out quite well. And I'm just very excited to see. How they will do in in the next tournaments and uh, yeah maybe just another shout out one one that I wanted to to do is well two actually uh, the other new pair uh, Gutierrez and Gutierrez post San Juan Agustin I think that look personally gave them so much chat and fair play they made it to the to the semi finals and uh, they they beat David the obviously so massive fair play to them uh, didn't think that that would happen but. Look, I don't think that it will last in the sense that they'll be in semifinals every single tournament, but they're both just incredibly consistent and Sanyo can really be the, lead, the leader of, of this pair and I think Austin really follows him and the court conditions obviously play to to his abilities incredibly well, but I still think that, yeah, it's a fair play to them. I think they they shut a lot of mouths um, this, this time around. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I've got to be honest. I've got to put my hand up and say, sorry, Sanyo, sorry, Agustin, because I disrespected you, and I was very <laughs> wrong. They looked so in sync, and I think we should have thought this before. I mean, it's not that I didn't think they would work well together. It's yeah. the fact that I didn't think they were going to hit that levels, just, and be able to beat Lebron and exactly. and beat Maxi and Lucho Cabra, who yeah. are a Very, very consistent pair, and very dangerous pair. Yeah. So, yeah, for me, it's a 9 out of 10. The only reason why I don't give them a 10 is because they won a total of one game against Kawhi
0: and Tapia. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, it sort of reminded me of the start of Sanyo and Momo, where perhaps people weren't just used to them. It was hard to read them in their game. They were quite new. So obviously at the beginning, Momo and Sanyo just worked out really well. But look, let's see. Obviously, anything can happen when when is playing right. And maybe just the last one really quick as well, because we just want to give a massive shout out to Javi Leal. I thought he's been playing absolutely insane. And the match he played against Tapian Coelho, if it wasn't he like if it wasn't for Diestro just not, I guess, playing at his best and missing a lot and a lot of unforced errors, I think they easily would have won that match because Javi Leal was just Absolutely electrifying, I thought. Yeah, he's
1: the future of Spanish Paddle, one of the hottest young prospects. And it feels like he's finally taken that extra step towards more consistency. He's always had all the shots in his locker and an unbelievable smash, but he's now mentally much stronger. So I agree. I think if he finds a slightly... I'm not saying that Diestro is at all a bad player. He's a fantastic player, one of the best in the world. But I think if he played with a top five, Sanya. top 8 forehand player, well, who knows? I mean, leal Sanya, they would fire. make up that could be fire or even was leal That yeah. could be an interesting pair.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, I think he's going to do really, really well in the coming months. And yeah, who knows how far he'll go, but I'm sure he'll continue his progression.
0: Yeah, so maybe now is a pretty good time to go into the paddle pod race. And yeah, it's just been another disappointing weekend for me. Uh, Heading into Madrid, Hugo was leading by nine points. Um, And after Madrid, Hugo is leading by 10 points. So he's on 70 points, I'm on 60 points. Uh, which is rather a shame because I thought I was gonna make up some ground, but uh, yes, I guess let's go straight into it. Hugo, can you give me your predictions for the semi-finals and final, please? Right. Okay, that's a bit cold. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. Um. Yeah. Well, a very very tough draw, and I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of my shouts wrong, but I'm going to go for the first semi-final: Tapia Coelho versus Lebron Galan. And Ooh. I'm going to go for the second semi-final, Chingoto, Paquito against Tupa Dineno. So, same predictions as this week. However, I think Dabia and Coelho will beat Lebron and Galán, two sets to love comfortably in that first semi semi-final, And I think Stupa and Dineno, again, will beat Chingoto and Paquito, two sets to love pretty comfortably. So I think next week we'll have the same final as this week. Supervives against the Bombarderos. And I think next week it'll go Tapiancoyo's way. But in a tight game, I think it'll be two sets to one with Guayo. I don't want to forget mentioning that Mieto Sant would probably face Tapiancoyo in the quarterfinals. And I could definitely see them causing a major upset. And I'm also very excited to see gabaniolo and Esbri their first tournament together so yeah very very exciting tournament next week in Germany can't wait to watch it
0: yeah some very interesting first round matches as well Moyano Klila against Lebron Angadane but uh for example being one of them and I'm gonna go into my predictions I think the first semi-final will be Tapia Coelho I'm gonna go in a bit of a limb here um okay. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Gutierrez and Gutierrez again uh simply because I feel like the courts is just going to be slow and yeah it's just going to be very similar to Madrid Uh, obviously I do think that Tapia Coelho will win that two sets to love and then I think that Stupa Dineno against chingotan Navarro I think Stupa and Di Neno will win two sets to love here and then in the final I'm going to go with Tapia Coelho against Stupa Dineno two sets to one I think for Tapia and Coelho
1: okay so yeah pretty pretty similar shouts but you think LeBron and Galan won't be making the semi finals again?
0: Yeah, I think that, I mean, that side of the draw seems quite tough. And I just think that all the things that you're mentioning, all the things that we're seeing, in LeBron just not being completely comfortable, and potentially this World Paddle Tour, it's not a Masters anymore. I just think that obviously the main focus is Premier Paddle. So let's see. Obviously, it is a bit risky and you just never know. But they just, I think, honestly, I think that anyone from sort of that bracket, from Teo Ruiz, Campagnolos, really, like they all could make it. So we'll be very yeah, interested. They've to also, see. in that,
1: we've also got Diestro Leal in that bracket. So I was very tempted wow.
0: as well to go with them um so yeah let's see but uh very excited nonetheless i think maybe this wraps up the episode it's been a very special one hugo and as always it's great to have you here and from my side i think yeah i hope everyone enjoyed and catch you next time
1: pleasure guys speak soon have a great week